Welcome to the Minusanship Life again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being alive in Him today. Thank you for being tuned in to hear the voice of God again and again and again. And here we are, dominion sonship, dominion sonship. The dominion of the Word of God within the heart of the Son of Man, of the Son of God. Just like Jesus, just like Jesus, just like Jesus, born of a woman, and yet the very Son of God. And so we too now walk this life of faith, this walk of transformation, this walk of maturity, a growing up in the Lord Jesus Christ, this walk that is of God and not of man. Because we have now received him and we have become his children, his very offsprings. We have a brand new manner of life. And this is the very life of dominion, the dominion of the sons of the living God. Today's title is Grow in God and in Life. Grow in God and in Life. And um, when I talk about life, to grow in life, I'm talking about growing in the very life of God. I always say that every message is a continuation from the previous, but this one truly is. This one I can even make it a part two to the last Sunday message, which is go forward and grow in God. Grow forward and grow in God from last week was really a key message to me to utter. It is something that has been in my heart for a very long time. This growth, this Christian maturity, that really we can't just wake up overnight and be little giants in the spirit or big giants for God. There is a walk of transformation. There is a work. There is a work of the saving of our soul daily, mind renewal. And so all of the messages up until really last Sunday talked about mind renewal. They still will talk about mind renewal because without mind renewal, there'll be no transformation. There'll be no growing up in God. But last week, the part of growing in God is really, I've been sitting in it all week really and just meditating. And that really is the key to all failure, a lack of growth in God. And that truly is, is a, the, the, the true, the true, um, key, the bottom line to why so many Christians are so highly disappointed. And often why so many walk away from the truth of the word of God and follow doctrines of demons. Make feel good talk. Godless, godless chatter. Though they go to an institution called church, there is really no true utterance of the true God. And yet we know the true church of God, the ecclesia of God, is the most powerful body on earth, endued with the very power of God. So often, we get ensnared with traditions of man. And we get stuck in a doctrine, get stuck in a train of thought that somehow I can put a little verses to back up with absolutely no transformation from glory to glory, with absolutely no growth in God. But a blindness of a stupor to walk back and forth thinking you're a little Christian, doing your little Christian duty, and yet all you see is failure in life. Growth in God is a focus that is determined on the Word of God. Growth in God is where you have made up your mind and once and for all that you will behold the author and the finisher of your faith, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. And without the word of God, there will be no growth. 
without the word of God, there will be no Christian maturity. But there will be vain repetitions of mantras. Vain repetitions. They lead to vain imaginations that are really called self-deception because we become hearers of messages and not doers of the word of God. Not doers of the word of God. So let's go to where we, were, we, were, where we started last Sunday. Go forward and grow in God. I would highly encourage all to listen. The ones that the Lord leads this way. That this today's message, grow in God and in life, is really coming forth from go forward and grow in God. And we went to last week in John 3, and we'll go back to John 3. The words of Jesus, you must be born again. You must be born again. Born of God. Born of God. In verse 3, Jesus answered, that is, answered Nicodemus and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly, verily, verily, for sure, with great certainty, I say this. The word of God is speaking to all of us. Unless one is born again. Well, you know, they go to church, they're a really good person. I, they're a Christian. You know, sometimes they mention God. Sometimes they, they go to church. They're a Christian. You know, you know, they have Christian friends. They're Christian. Time to come back to unless you are born again. Born of the Spirit of God, you're not His. You're not. God is not your father. You're fathered by another. And with great certainty, Jesus also said, if we're not born of Him, our father is Satan. This narrowness that we're coming into right now, is to line us up with his soon return. This milk warm something, something that we call Christianity. Lukewarmness, Jesus tells us, will be spat out. We go on in life merrily, merrily, just like in the days of Noah, not realizing there's a sternness to the moment that we're in. And the true church is to stand up and take dominion in the spirit and declare liberty over the nations that God has placed us in. Liberty in the spirit over the local churches. A strengthening to the pastors to preach the uncompromised power and fire of the word of God. Where there would be a demonstrations with signs following of the Holy Spirit. Because the word is preached without any hindrance. And we're coming to those days. And those will be the days of high persecution. That we even seeing now. High persecution. Because there's an enemy. There's a devourer of human flesh. Destroyer of human life. And we walk around like, hey, we got it all, buddy. I go to church. I'm a Christian. Yes, we have it all in Christ. But are you keeping your post in him? Are you guarding that which was entrusted to you in the very beginning? Are you going to walk it out to the very end and not let go and not sway and go off, off, veer off into something, something that is foolishness and not the word of God? Cheap talk. 
fluffing up your flesh, fluffing up your flesh, making you feel good, making you feel good, making you real happy. Okay, okay, man, I'm really happy now. Only to know before the day is over, there comes that dissatisfaction because we did not partake of the true bread of the living word. Because we were not lined up with truth again. Because we chose not to pick up the cross daily. Say, not my will, but your will be done. The call of God in my life, I'm moving forward with it. To withstand Satan steadfast in the faith. That's not a good feel moment, by the way. Because at that moment, you are taken captive of every thought. That is telling you it's truth and it's a lie from the pit of hell. At that moment, the word of God is navigating your emotions to line you up with truth again. Says, so take a stand against that thought, Jesse. God is doing a work of transformation in all of our lives. And that is truly the work of the word of God. And so when Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, cannot be partaker of the kingdom of God, cannot understand the things of God, cannot apprehend the word of God, nor see the word of God. You must be born again. You must be born again. How? How do we become born again when we believe in our heart that he is my savior, that he died for me? He died for me on that cross. He became sin for me on that cross. And he went down to the pit of hell, came down to the pit of hell and defeated powers and principality crushed the one that had dominion over my life through sin. And with his rising resurrection, we now rose to a brand new life because I believe what he's done for me. And with my mouth, I confess, I confess that he is alive indeed. He is my king. He is my Lord. He is my life now. Born again. Born again, not mesmerized by cheap talk. Mesmerized by another little cute doctrine. But be a partaker of the true doctrine. Partaker of the word of God. That deals with your heart daily. Deals with my heart daily. Lest bitterness springs up and thus defile many. Lest anger take root and accomplish nothing for the kingdom of God. Lest I run my course in vain after I've spoken these messages. So, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, we measured on this last week. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And this new birth in God now that we have is of the Spirit. Therefore, therefore, we are of the Spirit. Therefore, we are a spirit. New creation, man, that is of the Spirit. That's the Son of God. 
the father of all spirits. He is my father. And Hebrews talks about heaven. Let's go to it quickly because it just came so strong. So I don't parrot it. So I don't misquote it. In Hebrews 12, 22. But you have come to Mount Zion. This is us, the born again ones. To the city of the living God. Do you know that? Do you know that? We've come to the city of the living God. We've been given an entry through the blood of Christ to dwell there now. That is truly our abode in Him. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. We are part of the church of the firstborn. What church do we go to? This church we go to. The church of the firstborn. The bride of Christ. Where the living God has a say so. Where the word of God is establishing men into righteousness. Where the word of God is making a course for my life. To the general assembly of the, and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God. Registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all, this is it, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Just men made perfect, matured, come into the fullness of the reality of Christ in me. Matured, just men made perfect. This thrills me. I trust it thrills you too. And brings forth a desire to grow in God. And go forth with the call of God on your life. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. New covenant. New covenant. Established in the blood of the living son of the living God. The word made flesh. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. This is who we partake of. This is who we are, just men made perfect. And we, back to John 3, I'll finish here the thought. In verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. There will be no entry given to you into the city of the living God. Your name will not be registered in heaven unless you are born again. You will not be a just man made perfect unless you are born again. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And so from here, we also went to Matthew 6. Now spend a little bit of time in Matthew 6, as I mentioned last week. Because this is what Christian growth is. Matthew 
Christian growth is growing up in stature with God and not in stature of human effort and human ability in terms of that having a, a weight before God. That which is the flesh is flesh. Has no merit before God. And what is of the flesh is worrying. And that is doubt before God. And what is of the flesh? It is fear. That shows the love of God has not been perfected in you. You need to grow up a little bit more now. Matthew 6. Verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? And last week I talked about adding stature. That's what growth is. And we went to, we paired it with, in Second Peter. I'll read that as well. And then I'll move into the message. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter writes, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith. And, and what came out of last week's message is that the way we grow in God, growth, supernatural spiritual growth, is not by worrying, but it's by adding to our faith. And how we add to our faith is by abiding in the word of God. That is producing these fruits of righteousness. So back to this verse 5. We're to give dil all diligence, to add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness. This is attainable in Christ. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and they abound, ever increasing, they're abounding in your life. They're growing in stature in your life. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things not, does not abound in these things but lacks progress in their faith walk, lacks progress in their maturity in the word of God. These are, they're short-sighted even to blindness, and, and this one has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, Paul tells us in Philippians. Peter said, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. He said, not be barren, not be unfruitful, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is it important to grow up in God? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let's go back to Matthew 6. Twenty-seven. I'll look at the Strong's Concordance. Grow in God and life. So what we find up from here from Matthew 6 is that we cannot grow in God by worrying. And worrying comes from this desire to grow in God, sorry, in, in, to grow in life or to succeed in life. To succeed in life. So we then catch ourselves in, in either setting goals or working harder really to achieve these goals of success in life. 
in the world, here now. But as a Christian, we have a shift of a focus now. And the shift of focus is growth in God and thus in life. But life being referred to here is the life of the Spirit. And so success in the Christian life does not look like me wanting to attain to natural means to prosper myself. God adds those to us with no issue whatsoever. Matthew 6 would tell us, don't worry, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and then what would the Lord do? He'll add all these things that you want to run after for earthly success. God knows how to do that. But what we're to be diligent in, what we're to be, can I say, striving in, what Hebrews says, to enter into that rest of faith, to labor to enter in the rest of faith, is to grow up in the word of God. But stature to our spiritual life before God. And that pleases him, for that is of faith. Because when we grow in the word, we are growing in faith. We're adding to our faith. We are multiplying to our faith. By giving all more diligence, all the more diligence to what was entrusted to us, the word of God. So the virtue flows out of us. Forgiveness flows out of us. Brotherly kindness flows out of us. All the statues we read, Peter, line up. So here in Matthew 6, 27, back to it. Who of you by warring can add a single hour, the strong calls it, to his lifespan? And here the strong calls it hour. The strong's record there is 40, 83, and it's Pecus, pecus. That is, that is a cubit, and some translation call it a cubit to add cubit to to add cubit, cubit about, and this is about a foot and a half long, a cubit. So when we go into it and we read the word study of this word, forty eighty three pecus. Traditionally, this is the distance from the elbow to the end of the fingers, about 18 inches or one half meter, cubit. 18 inches, half a meter. So keep that in mind. Who by Warren can add a cubit, a single cubit, to his lifespan, that word lifespan is helikia, maturity age. So, New King James reads, which of you by Warren can add one cubit, that's right, cubit, which Strong calls it hour, to his stature, and the stature is helikia, maturity age. So, what the Lord was showing me that we so often <laughs> in in our perceptions, really, of the carnal man, of even religious traditions. We want to work life with this cubit. We want to work our life with our human little hands. How much we can do? How much we can do with from my elbow to the end of my fingers? And that would add growth to me. That would add growth to me, stature. But that leads only to worry. This human effort that we exert and we so really have a desire to grow in God. And yet, because of a lack of abiding in the word of God, a meditation of the word of God, to bring forth a growth in understanding, we are always function from the shallow understanding what Christianity is. And really... So often, even though we might not audibly say it, it equates to works. 
And I don't want to list works of them because a lot of them, they're, they're, there's, it's important to be found in, in the doing of the word of God. But it's propelled from a desire. It's propelled from, from, from your inner man. It is a work of the spirit. Such as church attendance, for example, comes to mind. So often we go, 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 go because it's the right thing to go. And at some point we miss why we even go. It becomes, becomes just a habit. Sunday morning, you wake up, you just go to church. What you hear doesn't really matter. You went to church. Now it's lunch hour, we're going to go eat out. Yay, eat out. And it's going to be just a 40 little ma minute message because no lifespan, also attention span is very long nowadays. Maybe even 30 minutes, even better. And we lose sight of life before God. Monday morning, here come the cubits. You pull your sleeves and you go to work. Work, 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 work. This is how you increase in life after all. I'm not talking about being lazy or sluggard. I'm talking about setting your sights on him. And all you do, you do before him and unto him. He alone prospers us. He says, who of you, by warring, can add one cubit to his stature? A measure of growth never comes before God by warring. Or through your human little ability. In John 6, the New Living Translation, actually, I think I have it here. I, I've always loved this version of the New Living Translation in this verse, Matthew 6. Sorry, in John 6, and it's um, 63. Jesus speaks to his disciples, and we'll look in that, we'll look up in that uh, certain verse in that chapter, but this is verse 63. The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. So what is opposite of a human working that accomplishes nothing is the working of the Word of God, which is spirit and life. When we allow the Word to work in me mightily, I become a doer of the Word of God. And this is what Christian maturity is, to be a doer of the word of God. Let's go to uh, Luke. We see Jesus growing. There's a reference of Jesus growing. Luke 2. I've got a few verses in Luke 252, I believe. Hmm. Verse 51. This is um, after him saying, when he stayed behind in Jerusalem, and the parents had to go look for him. They thought he was lost. And he said to her, to his mom, he said to his family, Why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? What are we seeking today? Whose business? The earthly business or the father's business? And in the Father's business, growth is required. And so much emphasis has been on growing your business. 
growing earthly stature, reputation, gaining a name in the world. But Jesus says, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Where are you looking for him? Where? In the growth of your natural moment? Or in the spiritual growth of seeking his righteousness and his kingdom first? Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Jesus was not a rebel. Never dishonored his parents. That statement was not dishonorable to his parents. And Jesus, here is 52, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And that word increased is he grew. The Strong's Concordance is, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This is it, growing in God and in life. In life, in God is seen by man. When you grow in stature in the life of God, you are really growing before man as well. I want to look at that word grew, Jesus grew, because this it's applicable to us. And what is neat about this statement is the very same is really uh, referred to in for, for, for the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, I think chapter 2 and then verse, also chapter 3, there's a reference regarding it. But growing, growing up before God and man. And wisdom and favor is really what we're called to do. And so it's not just Jesus having to do it. Samuel had to do it. The young boy Samuel, that was fully given to God. Do you know we are now fully given to God through our new birth? And we too, like the young boy Samuel, have to grow up. Actually, I'll look it up since it's so strong coming to me. I've been reading about Samuel. It's first Samuel 2, I believe. Well, in chapter 3, I'll look at that one because it comes to me first, sooner. In chapter 3 of first Samuel, in... 19, verse 19. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And so we here we see a growth before God that brought forth a production of fruit that none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. That there was never anything idle nor barren about that which he spoke. Because he grew before God. And look how he grew before God in verse 20. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 1. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel, a prophet to the nation. Why? Because he was taught by the word of God. Because the word of God revealed God to him that brought forth a growth in him, even to the point of bringing a correction as a young lad to the priest, Eli. 
Just like Paul tells Timothy, don't let you be despised. Just grow in God. Grow in God. 1 Samuel 2, back to that verse. Just a minute. I got to find it now. Yes, 26. Thank you, Lord. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and man. Just like Jesus. So we too, we too, just like them, uh, to grow up in, the, in life, to grow up in God and in life. Back to Luke. So did that? Yes. 2.22. What was it? My reference in Luke 52. Luke 2.52. And Jesus grew. So let's go look at the word grew. And it's 42.98. It means procopto. It's such a powerful word. And really ties with last Sunday's message. Go forward and grow in God. Procopto means is to cut forward. To cut forward away to advance so growing in god is to cut forward to go forward to advance the definition of this word is cut forward advance the usage originally it refers to originally of the pioneer cutting his way through brushwood a pioneer cutting his way through brushwood. I advance progress to make progress. The cognitive, this word study of this word, 4298, to grow. It is to cut, beat, to go forward, to advance, to proceed. <laughs> there will be opposition that you have to make your way through. Growing up in God will be highly opposed. There'll be some brushwood you need to cut away. You, there'll be some, there'll be some debris you need to, you need to bring to naught. There will be a lot of thoughts you have to bring in subjection. So you allow your spirit man to have preeminence. So allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. It's not without effort, but it's an effort that comes from the Spirit because we've been given the Spirit of truth that would lead us in this progress forward for God. That we made evident to man. So growing up in God is growing up in life. It is really walking in dominion over every circumstance that is coming to exalt itself as a Lord to you. That's wanting to make you bow to it and worship it. And you to say, no, I oppose you moment steadfast in the faith. No, I am of God. I am born of God, I've overcome you, moment, or circumstance, or pressure, or decree. I am of God, and I do the commandments of my Father. I'm bound about His business. I've rolled up the sleeves in the kingdom of God. I am a doer of his word. Mm. I love this word to grow. Originally, it's referring to the pioneer cutting his way through brushwood, advancing, progress, to cut, to beat, to go forward. He grew in wisdom. That word is Sophia. It's knowing. It's having knowledge and knowing how to apply this knowledge. Not heady knowledge. In wisdom and stature. 
That word stature is maturity, coming into maturity before God and man, being a son of God, being a son of God, to be led solely by his spirit, which is the dictates of the word of God, to have preeminence over every thought. And in favor, that word favor is actually grace. You want to grow in grace? Grow in God. You want more grace? He gives more grace to the humble. Submit to the word of God. Let's go to John 6 and we wrap it up there. How do we grow in God? By eating his words, so we grow in God. Being partakers of his flesh and of his blood that is so offensive to many nowadays. Many that say they follow him don't want to hear about it. A crucified life, what? God gets me just as I am. John 6, 32. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Gives life. So when I grow in him, by partaking of this bread that gives life, I'm growing in life. By growing in God, by being a partaker of this living bread, the flesh of his word, that, that gives life to the world, I am growing in life. You cannot separate growth in God from growing in life. That's why the word of God regarding Samuel and Jesus said they grew in stature before God and man. We are to bear fruit for the kingdom of God that is to be seen by man. Because that is our true witness. To draw many unto him. That gives us a right to proclaim into their lives, be reconciled to God. When they see our good works for God. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus answered and said to them, Jesus said to them, I am, I am the bread of life. Do you hear what he says to you? You're hungry. He says, I am the bread of life. You're weak. He says, I am the bread of life. Disappointed? I am the bread of life. We also know he is the living waters. Should we thirst? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. He who believes in me shall never thirst. He who believes in him shall live with no hunger and no thirst. That is true, true life. Oh, there's such a, an antonym. There's such a, 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 a twistedness that's coming to our ranks. 
successful living, getting in shape, putting your affairs in order through a carnal way. Really, missing the main point, like Martha did. Busy, busy, busy attending to the master and yet missing the point to sit at his feet and hear his words, to eat of the true bread, to eat and drink living waters. The one, he says, that partakes of him who believes, who believes this living bread will never thirst, will never hunger. What satisfaction there is in Christian living. What satisfaction there is in life in God. What satisfaction there is through the word of God. And yet, and yet we're going after other cheap things that do not satisfy nor feed. And if you empty, they rob you. They rob you. They rob you. Steal your peace. And you walk in condemnation. Because you've moved in the flesh, and in the flesh there's always condemnation. All for eyes to see. All for ears to hear today. The liberty we have in Christ. You must be born again. And because we are born again, there is liberty for us to believe Him. To believe Him. Verse 35, again, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 50, I am the living bread, he says. Well, in 48, it says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Take time, read John 6. I'm skimming through it here. 51, he says, I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, if anyone eats him who is the word made flesh, if anyone eats this word of who he is, he'll live forever. He'll live forever. He'll have life forever. Grow in God. Grow in life forever. To be in God forever. To be in life forever. To have entered into that living holy city. To have been given entrance. To have my name registered in heaven. To be called a just man before God. Perfected. Every day perfected. Growing up in him. What a passion, what desire for him to be conformed to him. To leave those elementary things behind and to move on to a life in God, growth in God, dominion, dominion in God over my flesh above all. Verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And then they quarreled among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh? Uh, heady knowledge. How, what do you mean the word says I'm abundantly supplied? What do you mean I'm to be never hungry? What do you mean? Oh, my dear, heady knowledge, confusion. Let it go, let it go, and believe what he says. What does he say? If you leave, if you eat of this true bread, you'll never hunger nor thirst. I believe that. And every day I want to grow in it. Not in the how. Anyhow, I got a better way. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say this is the most, most powerful portion of scriptures for me. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Life is found in his flesh and in his blood. Life, true life is in the true vine. True life is in the true word of the true God. He broke his body. He gave out his blood that we partake of so we can live forever, forever, forever. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Food and drink indeed is his word to me and to us, to you and I in Christ. We have a supernatural food that sustains us, that gives us growth. His flesh and his blood, to me that is that communion cup. The communion cup of my master. And really, it is this word broken for me. This word that I open daily and it's broken for me to understand and to eat and to partake. This word that opens up and pours out into my heart to give me life and a drink indeed. This word. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. And as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. He who eats this bread will live forever. And verse 61 they are oh, sorry, yeah. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, they complained. Because they said in verse 60, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? I don't get it. And they complained. That's what complaining is all about when you don't get the word of God. You think you know it better. So you start complaining about the word of God. What do you mean not to worry? I worry. I like to worry. We don't like to worry. We just get caught in this carnal living that worry is part of. It's time to separate. Time to separate from it. I said last Sunday, this separation of flesh and spirit is the greatest test you ever live and you ever have. And it's daily. And look at that time from in, in, in Luke 9 with Jesus saying to those that say, I want to follow you. He said, I don't have an earthly abode. And to the one that said, I want to go and say, bid farewell. He said, put your hands to the plow and don't look back. Now go bury the dead moments of your life. Because the one that looks back once their hands are on the plow is not fit for the kingdom of God. This is the reality of the Christian life. It's a narrow one way. The way of truth. This is life. So they grumbled, they complained about us and he said to them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend? where he was before. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit who gives life. You want to grow in the spirit? You grow in life. You grow in God. You grow in the word of God. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits not nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit 
and their life. But there are some of you who do not believe. That is so sad. But today we say we are the ones that believe. We are the believing ones. And we are the growing up ones in God and in life. Amen. Done.